This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 145, Called Out. In this episode, I've got some knitting and spinning, some travel adventures, and a little tale for you about how I got called out the other day. And it was rightful, by the way. Very interesting stuff. But of course, we will kick this episode off with some updates. So the title of this episode has changed three times. I'm a little delayed in recording. I kind of ran out of time before our trip to Missouri to go to the river sit. I wasn't able to record on time and just the main focus of my brain (laughs) has changed enough that the title of the episode kept changing as I was doing my notes. Yeah, so, so much has happened. Um, I got to see both girls. So we kind of randomly decided that we were going to make a trip up to Cheyenne, Wyoming, where Itty Bitty currently lives while she's going to school because of Cheyenne Frontier Days. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's a really huge fair-like event, but centered around a really large rodeo. And, well, we've never been to a rodeo, but, of course, we've been to several fairs in our lifetime. And, yeah, so we went up there for that, and we got to see some rodeo stuff, eat fair food, hang out with Itty Bitty, and just chill. And on our way back, we stopped in Denver to have a wonderful lunch with Bird and catch up with her a little bit. So it was really cool to get to see both girls in the same weekend. And we had a good time and a nice trip. And it was totally worth the drive all the way to Cheyenne from here. It's about two hours north of us. Pretty straight shot on the highway. But, you know, sometimes it can be riddled with traffic and a pain. But it was great. The weather was beautiful. We had a really good time. And I'm glad we got to go. What else has been going on? So I'm super late in reporting on my tour de fleece progress. So I had set a goal for myself where I was going to spin every day. And I did. I'm super proud of myself. Really, my tour de fleece goals were about building back up my daily spinning habit. And I had kind of gotten out of it with everything else that was going on. But for all of tour de fleece, I did. I spun every single day and it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it and I am still spinning and it's great. But we'll talk about everything I've been spinning when we get to spinning my wheels. So yeah, because of all the travel and everything that's been going on, I've really literally had to like rip up some of my master plans. So in the last episode, I talked a bit about the fact that the boy and I had like caught the bug to want to buy a camper. And we had decided that we were gonna rent and borrow to really decide what we liked in a camper. And then we made the mistake going to an RV show, which really just threw all those plans out the window. Yeah, so we bought a camper. We were literally just going to go to this. It was a small show with, like hosted by one RV dealership in the area where they just kind of pulled everything out. And, you know, they have end of season deals and that kind of stuff. But the goal was literally to walk around, go in a ton of campers and talk about features that we liked and didn't like. So we were both on the same page when it came to actually shopping for a camper that didn't work out. We totally fell in love with this camper and we bought a camper. It is an Ember Overland Series 221 MSL. And I will link to it in the show notes. And please know that if you do go look it up, 
we didn't pay anywhere near the list price for this thing because they're trying to get rid of last year's models because of all of the next year's it's like a car dealership all of next year's models are arriving and they're just trying to clean off their lot and so it was like a giant camper clearance sale and we got sucked in but it's a really cool camper and the one thing even before we went camper shopping that the boy and I knew we wanted was something that was capable of being taken on just about any road that Colorado has to offer. Many, many dirt roads, camping off grid, and, you know, having a reasonable suspension and lift and those sorts of things so that we could safely take a camper off road and go boondocking all over this state. It's a wonderful state for this. And we knew that that was like our camping goal. So yeah, we bit the bullet, bought a camper. And then we proceeded to drive it 1,400 miles to Missouri and back for the river sit. <laughs> so the river sit's always been planned. We've driven a couple times just our truck and stayed at our friend's camper. We have flown a few times and borrowed a vehicle from family. But we decided just to bite the bullet and we drove the RV. We, it's a pull-behind trailer. We drove the trailer all the way to the river sit and back. And it was perfect. So far, I mean, we've only owned it for like... Hmm, three weeks maybe and we've spent eight nights in it so we're doing pretty good and we totally love it and it's absolutely adorable and it makes me happy and I just we totally got sucked in apparently though they should warn you that if you're thinking about getting a camper don't go to an RV show because you'll end up definitely getting a camper it just kind of happens but it's a great camper we love it and we are like planning our next long weekend so that we can take it back out again. I want to try to get at least one more weekend in in August and then at least two weekends in in September. And yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And like a couple of my Nick girls, hi ladies, had listened to the podcast. These are, This is the crew that I um, go to Estes Park with every year. They'd listened to the podcast where I said what our plan was. And then of course... They got text messages of a link and pictures letting them know that, yeah, it had happened. And they're cracking up like they had listened to the podcast and were dying because it was like within a day of me releasing the podcast that we bought a camper. It was horrible. Maybe two days. Oh, these things happen, though. And and yeah, so those plans went right out the window. But we're at least having fun. And I can't wait for our next adventure. Well, it looks like that's just about all I've got going on in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. In this episode, I've got a little tale for you about being called out. And as I said in the intro, it's rightfully so. So the boy and I spent like 11 hours each way in the car to the river sit and back. And I think I knit 10 rows. And he at one point looked over at me and said, how can you even call yourself a knitter? You need to put that phone away and get to knitting. Like, how can you even consider yourself a knitter if you're not fully taking advantage of this sequestered time in the car and knitting the entire way? He's like, where are those socks you're working on? How come that tank top isn't done? Yeah, I literally had like 22 hours in a car Plus, all the time at the river sit, and I knit nothing. He's not wrong. How can I call myself a knitter even, right? 
I don't know. Is it a mojo issue? Is it, it's that game. It's that game that's still on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I really, really, really need to get out of the habit of being on my phone and get back to the habit of, of knitting, right? I can multitask while I knit. I don't do a whole lot more than watch TV and knit, but still, I think that's a better use of my time than playing on my phone and watching TV. And, and yeah, he's not wrong. I have 100% been slacking in the knitting department and yeah, I need to get back to it. He called me out, dared me and challenged me on whether or not I can even consider myself a knitter. And I don't know that he's wrong. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. My wheels have been spinning. As I mentioned in Spin a Tail, my knitting has been lacking and I need to get off my tail and get some more knitting done. But the one thing that I did do in terms of knitting is I conquered an entire pair of matching socks made on the circular sock machine. I made myself plain Jane socks on a circular sock machine. It only took me two days, like to make a pair of socks. That is why I want to conquer the circular sock machine because there are so many colors of socks that I don't own. And these are really, really pretty. So I used a yarn, a fingering weight yarn that was dyed in a gradient. It was a gradient sock blank, but a two strand sock blank. So the socks are matchy matchy. Dividing a two-stranded sock blank was quite the chore. I did not enjoy it, but that's only because I like messed it up as I was trying to separate the two strands and it got turned into like this big tangly mess that I had to try to undo and it was horrible, but I did figure out how to get it done. So I separated a sock blank into two separate strands. Then I loosely wound them into balls, like double wound them into balls, if that makes sense. So I wound it off the skein winder into a ball on my ball winder and then I loosely wound it the second time so that it would come out of the ball really really easily so that I could use it on the circular sock machine without actually having to cone it because that's kind of a pain in the if you know what I mean it's a pain in the balls ha <laughs> ha yeah um I didn't want to cone it I wanted to spin it out of off of balls and that worked out really I wanted to knit it off of the ball. I guess they're technically cakes, but it worked out really, really well. And I did everything. Like I didn't drop any stitches. I made toes and heels. I don't have a ribber on my antique sock machine, but what I decided that I wanted to do with these socks was I had this pair of socks. They're store-bought from, I would say a million years ago that they were like no frills. It was just a tweed yarn and the leg was a little long and it had no ribbing at the top or anything. So it kind of rolled. And so they were slouchy roll top socks. And I love those socks. I still have them, but like the, the bottom of the feet is like wearing very, very thin. So I wanted to replicate those socks because they're so comfortable and I love them so much. And I did. I made two matching socks that are roll top slouchy socks and I love them and they're wonderful and they fit my feet perfectly. Like I did a swatch <laughs> on the circular machine and I measured my foot 
I counted my rows. It was brilliant. It made me so happy. The one thing you cannot do while knitting a sock on a circular sock machine is try them on as you go. So I actually had to calculate the number of rows I would need to make this sock fit my foot and do math. And I succeeded is basic math. It's like addition and subtraction and multiplication, but it was really cool. And I'm very proud of myself. So that's what it took to get me to the point of being able to tear my machines apart, make sure they're fully refurbished. I really, really, really need to at least sell one of them at this point because there's no reason for me to have two functioning sock machines because I can only use one of them, right? So yeah, the one needs to be completely repainted still. The other one, I, I will give you a recap on all the things I've done on these sock machines in another episode because I still have some fixes I need to get done. I have to fabricate things. It's pretty cool. So I'm ready. Now that I've conquered a pair of socks, feel confident in my abilities, I'm now ready to finish the refurb and at least offload one of these circular sock machines. But I'm totally patting myself on the back for after only, it was like six weeks, being able to knit myself a pair of socks on the circular sock machine. And the boy is already in line to get the next pair. So that's pretty cool. He's excited. I'm excited. This is, it just brings me a lot of joy. So not a traditional knitting accomplishment, but knitting nonetheless. Um, I've heard people recently, or I've heard people comment, I guess recently, because I haven't had a circular sock machine very long, that is it even knitting? Is circular sock machine knitting even knitting? And what I say to that is, if you use a sewing machine when you could hand sew, is it even sewing? You use an electric spinning wheel when you could use a traditional treadle spinning wheel. Is it even spinning? Of course it is. It's looping yarn together to make a knit fabric. It's 100% knitting and don't let anybody else tell you that it's not. And it takes a lot of brain power to make a circular sock machine toe and heel. (laughs) It is very cool. And some of the people who've been doing it for a really long time can do just brilliant genius things with the fabric. And I can't imagine at this point being able to do anything more than straight stockinette stitch, but it makes me very, very happy. Feel totally accomplished about that. All right. So I told you that I met my goals in Tour de Fleece and I did. And that was pretty awesome. But the other thing that I did was I actually finished a whole four ounce braid which isn't a whole lot. I know I finished spinning and plying and setting a four ounce braid, which is awesome. And that's the apothecary hand dyed that I was using. And I spun that on the sidekick wheel. And I still kind of went back and forth the whole time between what I was spinning on the sidekick and what I was spinning on the hat box. And so I didn't like finish as much as I could have, but I did spin it every day and finished one skein, which is cool and makes me pretty happy. All right, what else? So I did get back to the Gotland. I separated out one ounce of locks. I flicked all the locks and I spun from the locks. And that, it was a little fiddly trying to manage like the organization of the locks without making a big old mess. (laughs) But I flicked them all, spun it all, and plied it back on itself. And the yarn still needs to set before I can swatch it and decide if 
that's the way I want to go. It spun up really, really well that way. I think I like, I enjoyed processing that particular fiber as flicked locks more than I did carded or combed. It just, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It went pretty quick to flick the one ounce and that was awesome. And I think, so by next episode, I should have an actual decision of which processing method I prefer and I'm going to go with for the whole rest of the project. It's only August. I can finish this by the end of the year. She says confidently, right? So yes, I wasted a lot of drive time, not knitting. I did do a handful of knit stitches here and there. I made those socks and I got quite a bit of spinning done. So I feel good, even though I didn't finish a whole lot. In this episode, I'm going to put my spin on the Shacked Sidekick Folding Spinning Wheel. I've had about a month with this wheel since I got it for my anniversary. And yeah, I just want to give you the full details about the wheel and my initial thoughts and review on how it functions and operates. All right. The Shacked Sidekick Folding Spinning Wheel, which is the formal name for the wheel, but it is casually known as the Sidekick, is a travel wheel. It folds up and has a carrying strap and you can take it with you and it's pretty light as you may be aware all of my spinning wheels are travel wheels in some way shape or form the sidekick is the largest of the spinning wheels that i own so it folds up to a height of 21 inches and a width of eight and a half inches and a depth of 15 inches and it folds up pretty easy it has onboard storage for the flyer and for the bobbin and for the whirl, for when it's in transport, it's pretty lightweight, weighs about 13 pounds. And the drive wheel is just over 13 inches. It includes ratios that range from four to one to 13 to one. And if you are a shacked owner, one of their selling points is that the bobbins, whirl, and flyer are all compatible with matchless ladybug, and Flatrion, which I've never even heard of. But anyway, so it's cross-compatible with other shacked wheels. This is the only shacked wheel I own. Legit, it may be the only wheel I own that is not a Louette. <laughs> I would have to say that out-of-the-box assembly and getting it into working order was very, very simple. It folds down and folds up very, very easily. A couple of tension knobs and some disconnects and the treadles fold up side by side. And it, it was really simple. I think the hardest part of the entire assembly was me trying to determine, because it does not state inside the instructions, whether or not there was supposed to be a cross in the drive band or not. So I had to like look at several pictures online and videos to like determine, am I supposed to be twisting this once? to get the drive band from the wheel onto the whirl or what, you know? So it wasn't really clearly stated in the instructions, but otherwise it was like super easy to put together and get it spinning. And it was just super comfortable and very, very easy. So this particular folding travel wheel, everything in it is aligned parallel. So the drive wheel is tucked below the flyer assembly parallel to like the whole machine. 
versus most wheels, it's perpendicular. Like the drive wheel is perpendicular to the rest of the wheel. And it's not like that. This is the only one I believe that is assembled this way. So everything is parallel. Nothing is really perpendicular to it. It's pretty cool. Anyway, I found this wheel very easy to transition to and very easy to use. Once I deciphered that one little thing about the drive band, it spins like a dream. It's super smooth. It's very quiet. And I just really enjoy it a lot. And I don't know if it's going to be my pack up and go wheel often, just because it's the largest of my travel wheels, but it'd be very, very, very easy to pack up and take it to events and into public spaces. And the footprint is not huge. So, you know, if you're spinning in a public space with your spinning group, it's not going to take up like a whole lot of real estate and make it difficult to fit into the room with a large group. I really enjoy it. Like I said, it spins very easily, very smooth, easy to adjust tension and all of those things. In comparison to the other wheels that I own, it was relatively intuitive to manage the function of the wheel. And I really, really enjoy it. And I'm so glad that after all of that time, the boy surprised me with it. I've got absolutely nothing negative to report about this wheel. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Like I said, many of my plans got thrown out the window, but I am super pleased with the way things have been working out. But now that I'm going to be back in town for at least a couple of weeks with no major plans, I should be able to get back to it. And in a future episode, I will give you like a full assessment of all of the actual stuff that I had to do to get these circular sock machines fully up and running and ready for new owners. So a few episodes ago, well, a handful of episodes ago, I had talked about what to do about the podcast. Do I keep it in this format? Do I go back and forth? Do I want to transition to video? Do I want to give it up? You guys have thoroughly convinced me not to give it up 100%. But one of the things I've been thinking about is maybe doing a little show and tell like starting a complimentary video series on YouTube where you can see in short videos some of the things that I'm talking about. Showing off the antique circular sock machines. Actually doing show and tell videos where you can actually see all my little travel wheels if you aren't familiar with them. And I can talk more in detail about how they work and how they're put together and what I love about them. So I'm thinking about doing some complimentary show and tell videos over on YouTube that I will totally 100% pitch inside the contents of my current audio only podcast. So that if you have a desire and want to see some video content, there'll be some short videos that you can go and check out. So yeah, I've kind of come to that conclusion that maybe a little show and tell is in order. And I am starting a playlist of said videos that I want to get into production. So we will see how that goes and I will let you know when that launches. I'm going to lead out this episode with some words of wisdom that I heard yesterday during a fitness class. The instructor said, don't let the hose steal your sunshine. And I want to pass that on to you. 
I really hope that there are not hoes in your life trying to steal your sunshine. And that is why I'm going to lead this episode out with the song Steal My Sunshine by Len. And I hope that your days are full of tons of sunshine and no one is trying to steal it from you. And as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. Catch me on Ravelry and social media as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. I was lying on the grass a Sunday morning of last week, indulging in my self-defeat. My mind was thugged, all least the bugs, all twisted around the beat. See